It's time now for the teachings of Pastor J.E. Sturdivant of Faith United Ministries. Tune in now as we look into the Word of God with eyes of faith. Now, here's Pastor J.E. Sturdivant. We are told in Isaiah 43, verse 18 and 19. Isaiah 43, verse 18 and 19. And this is the Living Bible translation to bring more clarity. Isaiah 43, verse 18 and 19. Here's what he says. He says, and you got in order to change your perception, here's what he does. He says, about your past and your current situation, here's what he says. Um, he says, don't um, he says, don't think about that. He says, forget all of that. Somebody say, forget about it. This is the Living Bible translation. He says, forget about all of that. He says, it is nothing compared to what I'm going to do. He says, for I'm going to do a brand new thing. He says, see, I have already begun. Uh, don't you see it? This is powerful. He says, see, I've already begun. Don't you see it? And because you don't have the right perception or the right perspective, you can't see what's already started. You are still looking for something to get started that he says, I've already started it. You, oh God, you're still in the tunnel on the train that's moving saying, how long is it going to take? And he says, don't you realize you've been moving all the time and you didn't realize that you've been moving all the time because you've been looking at the fact that your surroundings have not changed because you're on the same train and you're in a dark tunnel right now but because your surroundings have not changed and you are in a tunnel and it's the same people and it's dark where you are it doesn't mean you ain't been making no movement on the tracks I wish you would tell somebody I've been moving and I didn't even know it my God listen you thought you had to have it last year you didn't get it last year but you made it to this year still don't have it but you're still here y'all ain't talking to me you thought you had to have them they left you're still here they're gone and you're still all right you've been making progress and you didn't even know it tell somebody i've been making progress and i didn't even know it Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Lord asked me to tell somebody about 3.30 this morning. He asked me to tell someone. I don't know who it's for. The Lord says, you, oh, my God. He said, he said, you need to relook at that old thing with new eyes. He said, you need to relook at that old thing with new eyes. Oh, God. You don't understand. You don't understand. You don't understand. You, you've been looking at the thing with old eyes and didn't realize the transformation. Oh, God. Uh, when a caterpillar uh, climbs up and gets into its cocoon, uh, if you're not careful, you'll just see it as an unsightly thing that you wish would hurry up and shrivel up and die or get off your plant or your tree. But while you're looking at that unbeknownst to you, transformation is taking place on the inside. And in just a little while, the unsightly thing will break open and something beautiful is going to come out of it. You've got to go back and look at that old thing with brand new eyes. Change your perspective. Change your perception and then put yourself in position. Are you all hearing me in here? Ah, oh my God. Tell somebody I got to change the way I've been looking at it. 
Okay, God bless you. Sit down. I'm ready to run out of here. I got to run out of here. Please sit down. Sit down. Don't get back on no more. Okay, so now the text that I read in your hearing, the text that I read in your hearing, I read in your hearing, 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 33, down to chapter 7, verse 2. Um, it's a very, very familiar passage of scripture, so I don't have to go on and reread it. All of you all have heard it preached several times, but I'm still convinced that since there is no new Bible, there must be fresh revelation. So the Lord told me to look at this old text with new eyes. I looked at the old text with new eyes and I saw something in here that I had not seen for as many years as I've been preaching and for as many times as I've preached this text. Um, here's what I found out. Of course, you know the story. You know the story. There is a famine in the land. There's a famine in the land. For those who don't know it, here's the quick overview. There is a famine in the land. A famine is a lack of food, a lack of what you need, the necessities of life. Um, at some point, a few of you all are going to say, I must have been written about in this story. Because there are a few of you in here that are going through famines. Not necessarily that there is a famine in the land, but in your own life, in your own walk, in your own spiritual being, there is some area where you just don't have what you think you need to have in order to make it. If you're that person, I'm talking to you today. Um, it is so bad in the land, co-pastor, until the Bible tells us in chapter 6, verse 25. Read it when you get some time. I'm going to hunk it off. Chapter 6, verse 25. It is so bad a famine in the land until the people in that land are eating donkey heads. They're eating the head of a donkey. Well, number one, you shouldn't be eating a donkey or horse meat. But they have gotten now so desperate until they're not just eating the meat part. They're eating that part that you would normally throw away on anything. They're eating a donkey head and bargaining for the price. Listen, it is so much of a famine there. Read it when you get some time. 2 Kings 6, verse 26 through 29. 26 through 29. It is so bad until they are going finding doves who have pooped. And they are scraping up the poop or the dung of doves. They are weighing out the dung of the doves, the waste, the excrement of the doves. And they are selling that as food. And so people are eating doves dung and a dung. This is a famine. I don't care how bad you think your situation is. It ain't as bad as their situation was. They are eating donkey heads and dove dungs. Watch this. The king, the king is one day walking out on the wall looking at what's happening with his kingdom. And as the king is walking, looking at how things were looking in his kingdom, a woman runs up to him and says, King, you got to help me out. Oh, my God. You've got to help me out. Out. Why do I have to help you out? Stand up one more time, Alicia. Stand up with the baby. Uh, the woman says, says, you've got to help me out. And when and when when the king says, What can I do for you? The woman says, Um, my sister, my girl, my lady friend, the one that's supposed to be with comrades, we had children together. And here's what happened: the famine got so bad, we made an agreement that on today we'll boil my baby. And we'll eat my son. And so yesterday we boiled my son and ate my son. And today when we got hungry, I said, now give me your son and let me cook your son. And she hid her baby from me. And now I'm starving and I don't have my baby. And I'm trying to talk to somebody in here. Because when things start getting bad, you start sacrificing what you thought was really dear to you. Thank you so much. Can you imagine a mama who is going through so much until she says, let's make an agreement. We will eat each other's child. And then not only did they make the agreement, but they actually 
did it. I think that everybody in here must know there must have been a terrible famine at the point that the king heard that. The king took his royal robe and ripped it open. And when he ripped open his royal robe, read it when you get some time. Underneath it, he had on sackcloth and ashes. The king is never supposed to be wearing sackcloth and ashes because he's supposed to be the one that is an example that shows that there's always going to be prosperity. As long as you know that the king is all right, you know that eventually the kingdom is going to be all right. And so this king is walking around with sackcloth and ashes on. And he comes to a point, as you saw in chapter number 6, verse 33, where he says, the reason why things are so bad is because of God. He says, and now I'm sending a messenger to go down and kill the prophet Elisha. Because Elisha is the reason why everything is as bad as it is. And I'm talking to somebody in here right now that when you get desperate and start getting upset, the first thing the enemy tries to tell you to do is blame God and to make you run from the very place where God placed you for you to get what you need. And that's why you see such an abandoning of ministry and such a running away from calls and anointings is because they got frustrated with God. And when they got frustrated with God, then the enemy got in their ear and said, you need to kill the prophet and get away from God. I can't get no help up in here. Ah, but you've got to come to a place to realize that every good gift come on and every perfect gift comes from above and what God was trying to get them to do was to stop looking at their stuff but to get their eyes focused on their source and then when they were about ready to give it up the king was ready to give it up and says I'm about to quit I give up I'm throwing in the towel I'm sick of God I'm sick of God's prophets I don't want to hear nothing else another prophet has to have and has to say he sends somebody down to Elisha's house and they are at the door getting ready to kill Elisha. Elisha sends his adjutant there and he tells him stop him at the door and when the man got to the door Elisha said hear the word of the Lord. In other words, I know you want to kill me. I know that everything is bad, but here's the reality. There is a word from the Lord. And listen, you don't need another breakthrough. You don't need another fake promise. What you need is a word from the Lord. You don't need more money. You don't need, no, you need a word from the Lord. You need him to tell you something that will cause your situation. I wish I had somebody in here on today. Oh, my brothers and my sisters, I've got to wrap this thing up. But the truth of the matter is there is someone who is listening to me now, who is watching me, who's paying attention to me. And you have now gotten frustrated with God and you're ready to give up on the Lord because your environment has not changed. Your body has not been healed. Your family is not delivered. Your marriage is still looking bad. Nobody has called you for a job. You haven't had a date in a month of Sundays. And yet you want to keep on hearing somebody tell you to believe God. Yes, because if you believe God, you will be a stand. And if you believe his prophet, you will prosper. I've come to talk to somebody in here and tell you, even though nothing has happened, even though there's no change in sight, before you backslide, oh my, before you go back into sin, yeah, before you walk away from your call, before you throw your hands up concerning your assignment, ha- there is a word from the Lord and I'm feeling this thing today. I'm feeling God and I have not said this too often. I've preached this scripture down for many years but I still hear the Lord telling me uh, that you need to release this right now. I've only done it one other time in preaching my ministry, but I heard the Lord last night to tell somebody in here. He said for me to tell you that by tomorrow this time, 
I don't know who I am here for uh, and I'm very careful before I release something like this because he told me to tell somebody in here he said by tomorrow this time about this time tomorrow put it on your calendar mark it on your clock put it on your date book by tomorrow about this time abundance is going to be flowing through the gate y'all didn't hear me in here Uh, that's what he told him he said abundance is going to be flowing through the gate you're going to start having things coming your way that you thought were never going to happen and that was going to be put off for years but he told me to tell you that this is a great season for you please tell somebody near you this is a great season for you tell them it's a great season Come on, tell him it's a great season. It's a great season. It's a great season. He's saying, I'm going to do something with you and for you that's going to change your life. Tell somebody he's about to turn the tide in my favor. Are you all hearing me in here? Oh, so now listen, you know the story. Sit down, I'm about to run out of here. Uh, Cause you know how the story goes and here it is very, very quickly. Um, you know how the story is. It goes on after that verse and says that there were four lepers. The four lepers were stuck where they were and they said, why sit we here until we die? In other words, they made up in their mind that where they were was not good enough and they were not so frustrated by their leprosy or by the problem in their flesh or the problem in their situation until they were going to give up. They said that even even if we die, we ought to die going after something instead of staying stuck right where we are. That's in chapter 7, verse number 3. Read it when you get home. Verse number 5 says that they left at about twilight. Twilight means that it is not daytime. It's on its way to nighttime. In other words, things are not as clear as they once were, but God says that they started moving when they couldn't see their way clearly. And there's a few of you in here right now that have gotten stuck because you can't see your way out. But God says start moving even though you don't know how it's going to turn out. Verse 7 through 10 says that they went into one tent and they found a whole lot of stuff in one tent and it was fully furnished and there were some horses and donkeys sitting right next to it and they went on and started emptying out all of the clothes that were in one tent and went to another tent and started emptying out the clothes that were in there and they jumped on donkeys and horses and started riding and carrying stuff back to where they were going to put it and they started did I say it was leprous men? I mean these were guys whose flesh had some dis orders. They had some problems in their blood. They had something that would be deemed incurable or impossible. Yet God had allowed everything to start coming to the most unlikely people. The Bible then says that God used, verse number 10, it says he used the lepers to come and bring some good news to the people that were left in the city and said, you all really didn't want to be bothered with us, but now we've got the answer to your situation in our mouths. And then within 24 hours, somebody say 24 hours, hours. Uh, Just like the man of God had said in chapter number 7 verse 1, within 24 hours what wound up happening was that they wound up having more than they needed in the city and everything was taken care of. Are you all hearing me in here? I now close by going on and telling you that I sense something. I sense something in the atmosphere. About 4 o'clock this morning the Lord was talking to me and I sensed something that he was telling me to tell somebody in here. I, I sensed something was going on and I said Lord what do you want me to do? He said tell my people that by tomorrow about this time tell them tell them to start expecting because I'm about to do something. I feel a about this time tomorrow in the atmosphere this is not one of those next week or by the end of the month words this is not before the end of this year. I hear the Lord saying that by tomorrow 
tomorrow, this time. And you don't have to know how he's going to do it. You don't have to know the way it's going to take place. I'm just telling you by the authority of the almighty God that it's according to your faith that it's going to be unto you. But I'm telling you that by tomorrow, this time, somebody in here is going to be calling back here and say, Brother Sturdivant, it happened just like you said. I don't know who it's going to be yet, but I know your situation is about to turn. I don't do this often, but for somebody in here, by tomorrow this time, yeah, the tide is going to turn in your favor. By tomorrow this time, it's already been set in motion. By tomorrow this time, God told me to tell you to get yourself ready because somebody's going to be calling you. By tomorrow this time, while I'm preaching right now, the position just opened up. And he said, by tomorrow this time, he says they're going to give you a call. He says that the position has just become available. They're going to tell you I've been trying to reach you. They're going to say, I meant to get in touch with you last week. Somebody's going to get a call that is going to tell you that I would have reached you, but the storm shut me down. And you are going to get a word by tomorrow this time. Oh my God, my God, I'm about to tell you something. I don't know if you can handle what I'm getting ready to say to you, but God used a very strange term to me. He said, tell my people, yes, tell them they're about to enter into a unseason. I said, what do you mean an unseason? I said, did you say uh, like U-G-H? He said, no, they're going into an unseason. I said, what do you mean an unseason? How do you spell that? He said, it's just two letters. He said, it's U-N. I said, God, I've never heard of a U-N season. I've heard of a due season, but I've never heard of an unseason. He says, I'm telling you, I want you to do something. Just tell them it's going to be an unseason. Does that mean there will be no season? He says, no, look up the word. So I went and I looked up the word un. The word un is a prefix that is freely used in English in order to form verbs expressing a reversal of some action or some state or a removal of deprivation or a release. Did you hear what I just now said? He says un is a prefix that is freely used in English to form verbs expressing a reversal of some action or state or removal of deprivation or a release. I said, well, how does that apply to the story of the lepers telling me that the floodgates of heaven are open and that something's going to happen by tomorrow this time? He said, tell everybody to holler on. So I need everybody to just holler, uh, just holler, uh-huh, yeah, 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 yeah. He told me to tell you here's how it's going to happen. He says that your breakthrough is going to come at an unexpected time. Are you all hearing me in here? He said it's coming at an unexpected time. In other words, nothing in your environment says that it should happen. There's a famine in every area of your life, but the Lord says that it's going to happen anyhow. You're in your darkest season, but the Lord says, it's your unseason. Uh, somebody holler on. He says, not only is it going to happen at an unexpected time, watch this. He says, I'm going to do it by unconventional means. Y'all didn't hear what I just said. He says, I'm going to do it by unconventional means. In other words, if you know the story of the lepers, one second they were broke and busted, ready to die or be killed, and the next second they were able to have a pick for every tent that they went into. God said,
says this is about to be an unconventional situation. In other words, there's going to be a sudden abandonment. In other words, somebody's going to get evicted to make it possible for you to go in. There's going to be a drop in the price of the place you've been looking for. The doctor's going to take another look at the x-ray. Uh, something that was not supposed to happen is going to happen. Uh, somebody's going to retire, quit, or get fired. That's going to make it possible for you to move up and get a promotion. Oh my God, I wish somebody would say, un. Uh, it's going to be an unexpected time. It's going to happen by unconventional means. But then God said, I'm going to use unlikely individuals. In other words, I'm going to use unlikely individuals. Did you get what I just now said? Because see, God used lepers, my God, in order to bless the king. Y'all didn't hear me. Uh, use the lepers to bless the king. In other words, the tide turned and the ones that were supposed to be last wound up being first. God said, for me to tell somebody in here that you are about to have unlikely individuals come and be a blessing to you. Folk who said they'd never help you. Folk who said they would never give you a chance. People who said that they would never do anything for you. I wish somebody would just holler on. Come on, come on, holler on. Oh, then he said for me to tell you that you're going to have unprecedented options. Did you hear what I just now said? I thought somebody would holler hallelujah. Unprecedented options. When the lepers started going, they went in one tent and they took everything out of that tent. And then they went to another tent and took everything out of that tent. They were no longer confined to just one way of being blessed. God gave them unprecedented options. And I've come to tell somebody in here today, you are now entering into a season of unprecedented options. You'll be able to pick which job you want uh, because they went into various tents. You're not going to just be looking at one house, one condo. You'll be looking at houses and condos. Uh, you're not going to have just one car because there were donkeys and horses that were tied up outside the tent and the lepers who were not qualified wound up having a pick of which donkey which horse do I want to ride and if God can do that for somebody who is not even in a covenant relationship how much more will he do for you and I because we love him and because he loves us and then he said that even with all of this happening for you uh, don't get upset about folk who don't believe in you because there will be some unfortunate unbelievers because the Bible says that there was one man that said even if God opened the windows of heaven this thing could not happen and when they started getting their breakthrough at the gate the Bible says that the king sent that man down to stand at the front of the gate to try to monitor the people that were on their way in oh my God my God but when he tried to stand in front of the gate to try to stop them from coming in they made up in their mind that this season I will not be denied and everybody that was standing in the way trying to stop them from getting their breakthrough the Bible says they trampled on him and that he could not stop them and so I want to help somebody in here to tell you the reason why you want to know how did all of this get started the Lord told me to tell you to go back when you have an opportunity and look at what it says in verse number six he told me to tell somebody yeah that the way that everything got vacated 
the way that all of the tents got empty, the way that the horses and chariots were still there, the way that the royal robes were laying on the road was because God caused the people that owned the stuff to hear an unusual sound. And when they heard the unusual sound, all of a sudden they started running and left everything behind. Whenever the Lord is getting ready to bless you, there's got to be a sound. Whenever the Lord is getting ready to send outpouring, getting ready to send abundance, there must be, my God, an unusual sound. So I've come by to tell somebody in here, don't you wait for nobody yeah, to make the sound for you. Why, yeah, I dare you yeah, to make your own sound. For the Bible says in 1 Kings 19, verse number 41, you remember, 1 Kings 19, verse number 41, Elijah said, I hear yeah, the sound of abundance of rain. And when God gets ready yeah, to send abundance your way, abundance does not come without a sound. So I challenge you again. You ought to have a sound. I wish somebody read the Bible. It would tell you that in the book of Acts, chapter number two, verse number two, when God was going to pour out his spirit upon all flesh, it says there came a sound as of a rushing mighty wind. And so if you yeah, need something from the Lord, don't keep quiet. Don't shut your mouth. I need you, I need you, yeah. I need you, I need you, I need you to open your mouth and make a sound because the Bible says that when, I said when, when there was a sound in our text today, people jumped out their clothes, left their houses, left their transportation, and if you, you and you, you and you can still conjure up a sound God will cause people to walk away from what you're supposed to walk into and you'll be able by tomorrow this time to step into what God has for you do you have a sound on the inside do you have anything in you well you may be asking brother Sturdivant how long do I make the sound Joe told me to tell you to start making the sound with another un what's the other un all my appointed time I'll wait until my change comes is there anybody is there anybody in here that can praise him until until the job falls praise him until the doctor changes the report praise him until you get your breakthrough praise Praise him until the tide turns. Praise him till the floodgates open. Praise him until he gives you what you've been believing him for. Praise, praise him until people get out your way. Praise him till your breakthrough comes. Praise him.
furnace. I'm in my unseason. I'm in my unseason. And until it happens for me, God, I feel like somebody ought to praise him right here. Until it happens for me, I'm going to keep on praising him. Come on, somebody. Until it happens, I'll keep on praising him. I can't hear a sound. Come on. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. All ye lands. I can't hear nothing. Come on. I need to hear a sound in here. I need to hear a sound in here. Open up your mouth. Open up your mouth. Clap your hands. Stomp your feet. Make some noise in here until, come on, let me hear you. I can't hear you. I can't hear you. I can't hear you. I can't hear you. I need to hear you to make an unusual sound. Come on, make an unfamiliar sound. A new praise. A new praise. Another level praise. By tomorrow this time. By tomorrow this time. By tomorrow this time. Can you praise him? Can you bless him? Can you give him glory? I need to hear you. Come on, Zion. Come on, Zion. you believe the Lord Shona come on open up your mouth and give God some praise come on you got to believe that by tomorrow you've been listening to the Eyes of Faith broadcast brought to you every week at this time with Pastor Jay Easterdwant of Faith United Ministries join us next week as we look again into the word of God with Eyes of Faith